0: Morning, everyone welcome to education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving my name is Andrew Marotta and it's show number 28 and we are thrilled to be on here this morning excited that we're getting close to Christmas and the holiday season and I'm excited to have my guest on today his name is Matt Williamson he is a student at Cal Poly Technical University way out in California uh, he's a Minnesotan grad, and he also happens to be the son uh, of the owners of the Never Sync Media Group, Bud and Julie Williamson. Uh, excited to have Matt on today. Uh, and again, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We are on the following stations. Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, Wall Radio, on the following FM stations. 94.1, 94.9, 105.7, 1061 13.40 a.m., and 101.5 HD2, and Pocono 96.7 down in the Pocono area. You can reach out to the show, Andrew at com, and also on Twitter, at Andrew 21 Excited about today's show, and uh, let's get right to it. So I have a a young man uh, today who's going to be my guest again, Matt Williamson. He's in college and somewhere in the next several years, Matt is going to get started with his career, with his job. And do you remember when you got started? How long ago was it for you? Have you been doing it a long time? Was it the first time you ever did that job, that experience? And how did you do? how did you do in that moment were you ready were you prepared we've all had those first experiences and those first opportunities and that's today's concept is called why not you you've been training we're in studio and uh my handy dandy producer is here gavin burt gavin good morning to you good morning how is everything going for you at the studio today
1: Good. Busy, but I like busy. I don't like uh, 40-hour work weeks.
0: But you're going to have some time coming up, uh, off up uh, here at the holiday, correct?
1: Um, sort of around the holiday, although I'm still usually busy around the holiday. Um, but uh, for about a week in January, I get to go away, so I'm probably going on a long road trip somewhere.
0: Gavin, you heard my opening uh, concept. Do you remember, like, the first day that you ran the board and were, were in control of the, the what was happening here at the station? Now, do you mean at this station or overall? Overall, like when you first started out.
1: It was March 2000, and I was at a college wow, radio he's, station. he's right on. I mean, he had that. Boom. <laughs> um, I was at a college radio station. I didn't actually go to college there. They, At the time, they no longer do. They accepted community members. You had to pass these minimal guidelines. And this was a 10,000-watt FM college station. It reached three states. And uh, I, was, I was filling in for someone, but I always played 70s music on the air usually. And um, I, I just... I I remember feeling a little awkward when I first went on the air but I still felt comfortable. And uh, my biggest concern when I was at that station was, you know, I was always trying to sound professional and I was playing top 40 hits from the 1970s and this was a very um how do you say it? freeform college station. They okay. weren't they weren't very pro-commercialism and I was always afraid they would throw me out for that reason but people respected me for my You know, diligence and professionalism when you had a lot of college students, no offense, who were playing, you know, uh, death metal from some no-name band and they were making weird noises on the air. That's what a lot of college radio is like, so.
0: And did you get on there and very serious in your radio voice, say, hey, this is Gavin, did you?
1: I tried not to be too up-tempo, because then I would have sounded like I was from a, a commercial station, and I think that would have turned people off. But I always tried to talk in this tone and just introduce the songs, and it was always about the music, because that's what and that's what people enjoyed.
0: I was playing stuff that no one else played in town. So. And you got a good voice for radio. Oh, thank you. Well, Gavin, thank you for sharing. I do want to share a couple stories as well and and then make some commentary on two uh, first-year guys that we're going to talk about here in a minute. So in my profession, again, I'm a high school principal here in Orange County, New York, at Port Jervis High School. I can recall my first day of teaching. I've told this story before. I was student uh, observing. I wasn't even student teaching. I was observing the class. I get called to the principal's office, and he tells me the principal, uh, the, the, the teacher, quit. Do I want the job? And I'm sitting there. I'm like Matt Williams, said, I'm a college student. And he says, do you want the job? And I said, I, 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 I don't, you know, I, can I make a phone call? You know, I'm not even certified. He said, you'll be certified tomorrow. And fast forward a day, I took the job, and I was teaching the next day just like that. I remember my first administrative experience. I was at at an alternative school uh, outside Patterson, New Jersey. The bus pulled up, I'm standing in the hallway, I see the kids getting off the bus, they're gonna come in, we were at a community college, and I said to myself, oh my God, what did I get myself into? And all of a sudden the door opened, I said, hey, good morning! And off I went, but I remember those first few moments. I can remember the first time I refereed a Division One basketball game. I was at Columbia University. The supervisor sitting right there, and his great words of advice to me uh, as I walked off the court, or, you know, onto the court, he said, "Don't F it up," is uh, is what he told me. <laughs> and uh, you know, off I went. So we've all had those first experiences, and they're exhilarating. They're exciting. You've worked a long time to get there. You put a lot of training in, the amount of time you went to school for that moment, the classes, the work, maybe it's a race, the first time you're going to do a marathon, the amount of times you've run or spent time in the gym, all the books you read, articles you read prepping for that moment. Those were small deposits over the years, many, many small deposits of training and preparation, class, work you put in, all of those moments until you finally got there where you'd been working to get and you took that one big withdrawal right in that moment and it proved that you were ready for it you had all that training you had all that experience and until you're finally doing it it's like oh my god can i do this you know you need some confidence you need that self uh believing but you've been trained and you take that withdrawal and you make it in that moment so i did want to share Uh, Two quick uh, stories here about uh, one in the NFL and one in uh, big-time college football. We're approaching the college championship bowl series, the semifinal. And uh, again, our guest today, Matt Williamson, he goes to school out near L.A. and at Cal Poly. But the first is Sean McVay. Sean is the head coach of the L.A. Rams. He's only 30 years old. You know, there are coaches in the NFL that are in their 60s, and this guy is only 30 years old. And you might say, well, he's not ready for the moment. He hasn't had enough experience. Um, This article was featured in the Coaching and Leadership Journal by last week's guest, uh, Dan Spanauer, and I read read, uh, about it, and um, he has seized the day in his first year. He grew up. Uh, And he was surrounded by uh, NFL coaches with a lot of experience over the years. John and Jay Gruden were two of his mentors. And he was raised by his grandfather, who was an executive with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, So he was around great coaches and great people all those years growing up. And uh, he had some coordinator positions. He was a young guy in the NFL. And people believed in him. And their greatest advice to Sean was, "Don't try to be like everyone else. Do it your way." And again, he's a young guy, 30 years old, uh, but he has put some energy into that franchise. They're in Los Angeles. They're in a new spot, and he has really turned it around in just one year. So he might not have felt ready. He might not, have, you know, might felt a little scared inside. But he certainly has made a great impact. The second example is the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley. He's only 33 years old, and he followed a legend at Oklahoma, Bob Stoops. Uh, Oklahoma, for all those fans out there, I know my, my buddy Ted, uh, he's coming on the program in a couple of weeks, uh, went to Oklahoma as uh, a big fan. Lincoln Riley was a, a, a quarterback, a struggling quarterback at Texas Tech, And he never really made it up the depth chart. His coach Mike Leach kind of made him a a player assistant, and then eventually, as a young kid, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old, he started. He got a a job on the coaching staff at Texas Tech. He worked his way up. uh, He got some more experience, and um, then Coach Stoops quickly, uh, in the beginning of the year, just just uh, retired. Surprised a lot of people. And Oklahoma said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? we got this young kid. And uh, boom, they put him right in there. Their starting quarterback, who's going to win the Heisman, this Baker Mayfield, or he might have already won. I'm not sure. Uh, He wrote this about Coach Riley. There is not a better man to take over this program. I truly believe that you are a perfect fit for this university. I have never been around a more relatable, genuine caring, and hardworking coach. You deserve this. You have helped me out and helped me grow in so many ways. I am so thankful I get to play for you in your first year as head coach. So once again, thank you, and goodbye to the greatest of all time, Bob Stoops, and hello to uh, Lincoln Riley, and let's get to work with the next great Sooner head coach. Hashtag thankful. So that was uh, written by his uh, starting quarterback, who turned out to be a star. So with the new year approaching, whether you've been at your job 10, 20, 30 years, whether you're a young college kid like Matt Williamson, whether you're just starting out, why not you? You've been training. You've had these years of training. You've had experiences. You're going to get your shot. So when someone does give you that shot, when someone believes in you, 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 you make the best of it. Uh, and these are two examples of uh, coaches that have done that in their first year as coach. Again, Matt Williamson is going to be our guest. He's coming up here. He's a student at Cal Poly. Again, he's a menacing grad. He's got his green on today in the, uh, in the studio. We will be right back here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving with today's guest, Matt Williamson. Welcome back, everyone, to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show And it's show number 28. Excited to have on today's guest, Matt Williamson. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Glad to be here. We're excited to have you on. Matt, I've met your parents. They were uh, nice enough to have me uh, on uh, the station to have a program. But you are my first guest, Matt, that I don't really know. So I'm excited to get to know you over this uh, next hour here.
2: It should be a fun time. It's my first time uh, being on the the live portion of radio, not being behind the board, actually being... Upon doing the talking, being, uh, being interviewed, having a conversation, so it
0: should be an adventure. That's right, and we got lots to talk about. You're doing a lot of exciting things, and I'm um, excited that you're going to be bringing the program to California. Last week's guest, Dan Spanauer, really expanded our listening uh, to North Carolina, so you're bringing us coast to coast, Matt. Or uh, Manifest Destiny. <laughs> Next we'll go international. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Matt, so let's start with that. You're a kid that went to Minisync. How the heck did you wind up in California?
2: Uh, it's kind of a it's a long story. I'll give you the the condensed version. The Cliff Notes version. <laughs> Spark Notes. That's how I got through high school, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I my whole life I had this idea I wanted to be an architect. Uh, I always liked Legos, like building things. So my parents were like, "You should be a good architect," and I was like, "All right, I I believe that." Um, so you know, a few spurts of like random things. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a pilot. This. Uh, random little moments where it's like I kind of changed my career, but being an architect was always what I saw myself doing. So when it came time, uh, you know, sophomore, junior year of uh, high school looking, where am I going go to college? Uh, what am I going to do in the next chapter of my life was, uh, I was looking at architecture programs. So kind of that made it my life easier because I was able to kind of narrow the focus instead of all these colleges that are, you know, sending mail and um, recruiting, it's, I can just look. Do you have an architecture program? No. Uh okay. Uh bye. <laughs> uh and then so I kind of narrowed it down to five schools. Um University at Buffalo, um Alfred State, or my in state options uh that had architecture programs. Syracuse University, Virginia Tech, Cal Poly, where um the options are a little more expensive. Of course Syracuse being a private school was uh when I saw how much that would cost and architecture is a 5-year degree saw that it would be a quarter of a million dollars uh, to get that degree, I kind of made me realize I should probably um, want to saved more money. Maybe I should have bought Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> still kicking myself for that. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to go to Syracuse, but I bought Bitcoin earlier. But, oh, well. Um, so it came time. I neared it. I, I um, got rid of Buffalo and Alfred State. I just went to visit there. Didn't have the warm, warm fuzzies. Um, wasn't really too impressed with their, their program. Certainly wasn't warm. I well why would they have their open house during the winter? That's my only <laughs> question to them, but I guess the timing is it's kind of unfortunate, but I went up to Cal Poly, um didn't visit Reg- Reg- Virginia Tech, but um went, went to Cal Poly, I just kind of had that feeling like okay, this is where I'm going to go. Um is that actually my parents on the flight home didn't really ask me, so what do you what do you think? Um what do you think of this college? They they just knew. Uh and I knew, so that made that decision pretty simple, thankfully that. You know, the warm fuzzies, everything made sense. Um, You kind of know it's a good decision when going into it when all the logistics, like, oh, how am I going to get my stuff out here? Like, how am I going to. All that stuff just comes like, ah, we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. Because this is where I'm going to go. This is the right decision.
0: Matt, you know, you're on that plane. Did you sense, you know, we have a lot of parents that are listening. Did you sense that your parents didn't want you to go there because it was so far? I knew
2: that the decision definitely affected them. They're, you know, major stakeholders um, involved in that decision, but. Thankfully, they they gave me that, this is your decision, this is your life, we support you no matter what, we want what's best for you, and they, from the the get-go, knew that going to Cal Poly was the best option for me and the right fit. So having supportive people in your life, um, parents, friends, just having people to encourage you and just, they really, they they want you to make the right decision, they help you through it. I I'm more of like a person who keeps to myself. Sometimes I don't really um, I do a lot of thinking, um, so it wasn't I didn't really involve a lot of people in my decision. I like I said it's more of an emotional thing. I just knew
0: yeah I went to
2: visit so you felt um, but people were very like that's awesome we're happy for you and um, you know friends were like oh we're not gonna see you I'm like I'll see you. Thankfully, technology kind of makes it easy to, to stay in touch with the people you want to. Sure.
0: And Matt, in our pre-show meeting, you talked about the slogan that they, they had, you know, learning by doing. And that got your attention. Right. Definitely. I'm, a, I'm more
2: of a physical learner. So, um, like just now, I'm back for break. My, my dad put me to work at the radio station. Uh, he was trying to explain some things to me and I just said, um, I was actually running the board for another show. And he kind of telling me what to do, giving me step by step. And I said, all right, I'm going to cut you off right there because this is, you know, in one ear out the other. Like, let me, like, as soon as we're live, you know, just kind of, like, guide me along. Let me learn. Let me make it. Hopefully I don't make a mistake. But, you know, that's learn by doing is, is really, like, it makes sense. Like, that's how you should learn. Like, getting that experience. Kind of, like, knowing, all right, it, kind of embracing the fact that the first time you do something, you're not going to do it perfectly. Everything's a learning experience, especially if you're young. You don't have... That experience to back you up you have you have other skills you have a different perspective because you're you young um coming in with a new coming in looking at it from a new lens coming from, from a new angle so that learned by doing it's really it's not just a slogan it's really like a practical lifestyle out there it was, every every major does it every every different college out there um within at Cal Poly college of agriculture i'm in the college of architecture but being construction management major it's really embraced and it's it's great. Um, I, I did not come across in our college that emphasized that doing mentality like Cal Poly. That really stuck out. Um, the reason that got into my, uh, my short list.
0: Yeah. And Matt, you know, for a young kid, how old are you, Matt? I'm 20. You're 20. Okay. 20 and six months almost. Well, you can Almost there. <laughs> you can't have a beer on uh, New Year's Eve here yet. But Matt, yeah, you know, for a 20 year old, you really know yourself. Uh, which is an important characteristic uh, that that Batable. you were in the right and you were in the right spot. So tell us about the the courses. You're a construction major, uh, management major, your architecture. What are the courses like there? Right. So
2: when I uh, got there, first quarter, being an architecture major, we had studio. So that's basically, um, like the name implies, you're into studio. You're um, kind of just creating stuff with your hands. It's kind of like building, but on a smaller scale, more abstract thoughts. How can you communicate your abstract thoughts um, to, to your classmates, to your professors? Um, and after about five weeks of architecture, I realized that wasn't for me. All this work, all this nearing down colleges on our architecture programs in five weeks, and I'm like, oh, wait, change of plans. Uh, this is not the major for me. So uh, I that was kind of nerve-wracking call to my parents saying like, hey... I don't like this, and I—I um, I, being prepared. I like to be prepared. Um, I already knew I wanted a minor in construction management, so that made my life pretty easy when it came to oh, what major man I switched into? Uh, thankfully, it's in the same college like I mentioned before as architecture, sure. so I can. It was an easy switch. I also thought about switching to business. Aerospace engineering was kind of like oh, let's <laughs> if I wanted to be an engineer, but. Construction management made the most sense and it helped that uh, I wanted to talk to them and they said, there's a spot for you in this major, um, being that the construction industry is booming out there and really nationwide, so that's that's good. But um, yeah, when I called them, I said, like, I, I want to switch and they didn't, there was a sort of like, okay, we support you. So that was really, really, uh reassuring. Really and that was that was midway through your freshman year? First quarter of freshman year. First so quarter. we do three 10-week quarters out there instead of two 15 15-week semesters. So okay. Yeah, like so halfway you change, through. You
0: changed pretty quick.
2: I had to. Out of state tuition is a little more expensive. but, uh, So, yeah, I felt like a little bit pressure to make that decision early. And um, I'm on pace to graduate in four years still, even with that switch. But, uh, you know, I got to, cost a college, I have to be smart with. Uh, thankfully, I saved, uh, my family saved a lot of money for me up front. So, that, um haven't had to take out a student loan yet, but I'll probably have to take out a student loan. I'll have to, you know, join the majority of college kids nowadays who are
0: taking out loans to yeah you, know, you know get their college education you got to pay for it yep. M- Matt you mentioned the word support from your parents and that you know that's so great to hear and we talk about that on the high school level quite often how does the school support you uh, as a student
2: right we have um, a lot of resources so um, if you want to uh, a little sidebar if you want to look at why college um, educations are the price for them is increasing just look at all the resources they give you they give your um your kids just the students we have um, you know, California being a different political climate um, there's a little there's uh there's a lot of support for you know mental health uh, we just had a, a student refer, um, student referendum to increase the 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 fee we pay, the fee we pay for our um, our on campus um uh, Doctors and nurses. I've totally blanked down what it's called. The health center. Yes, the health center. center. We yeah. love the health center. Okay. We used to hate the health center because it, you know, it takes, you know, five hours. How can you go to the health center, sit there for five hours when you have classes because yeah. you're sick and get your yells up to miss the class? It was, it was kind of a conundrum. But um, we passed the referendum. Luckily, they let the students vote on that. That's one way, of course. So they, they involve us in big decisions like that. Yeah. Um, to increase our fee by, uh, I think, it's, we vote on the, the middle option. $110 twice a year, and we get shorter wait times, have uh, better trained people and more people there to service that. All the other resources. Um, you know, being a resident advisor, I should probably know my resources a little bit better, but um, Google is the way college kids do things nowadays. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's, it's how my generation works. Is We we don't know, but we know where to look, yeah. but uh, just a lot of different resources, um, tutoring, um, Mustang Success Center is freshman year, when you're like, how do I get classes if I pick last? Well, <laughs> we'll go here and we'll, we'll help you figure that out. Is that what they call it, the Mustang Success Center? That's one of the resources we have on campus, like yes. That. There's also uh, Student Academic Services. There's so many different ones. It's kind of like yeah. you look at all the names and it's, it's a little overwhelming how many resources are available, but um, Resident Advisor kind of knows where, where to point out students, kind of just listens to them. Usually a lot of times, our residents, um, you know, being on campus, I don't have any freshmen this year, I have all continuing students, but uh, usually I can have had a similar issue or and been in a similar boat before so I can kind of point them, it's it's nice that um, we can give them, we don't give them personal advice, it's just like, these are the experts, these are the people who are you know, being paid by the college to help people in your situation, so
0: yeah. go talk to them. Matt, you're, you mentioned uh, being an RA, you know, and we talked to a lot of leaders on this program, you're a young leader, you know, amongst your peers. Um, tell us, like, you know, h- how do you demonstrate leadership while uh, having acceptance among your peers? Right. So it's definitely
2: an interesting position to be in. Um, one of the favorite quotes I heard from a returning RA uh, about what the position really is, what you should what, what you should really put on your resume when describing your ra It's hard to describe this position with words. It's really something that not very many people experience, only if you're – You've been in R.A. before, you're involved with um, with housing and student affairs. Do you really kind of see, you know, living on campus from this angle? But it's just navigating a lot of gray area. Mm. It's really, you have a situation, the policy is this, but in reality, it's slightly different. So when it comes to, because everybody's, I'm a student, the people I am kind of looking over, they're my residents, I'm looking out for them, they're also students. They're adults, too. Um, so, it's not babysitting. Mm-hmm. That's what you know, being construction manager is—you're babysitting. But that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> um, you know, these are these are high school students, or I mean, gosh, they're college students. They're they they kind of have an idea of what's going on, uh, like most college. We we kind of know what's going on, but not really. We we know how to do calculus, but laundry and <laughs> cooking still kind of confuse us. Uh, but really, kind of. What I found was, you know, setting the boundaries right away, kind of it's like, hey, like, I'm here for you. This, I'm, I, I know I'm here to you know, refer you to the right resources. I'm here to be someone you can talk to. But also saying, like, if you're going to a rager, don't invite me. That, that'll be awkward. Um, Certainly if it's <laughs> in your dorm, too. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> I just I, I'm kind of blunt when sometimes. Yeah. I just tell my residents, don't be stupid. It's <laughs> good advice. So um I'm, you know we're checking your rooms after you leave to make sure you know that you don't, you don't you' leave your computer on, the windows are closed. Don't be stupid. use your brain. You're a college kid. like so that's just the simple way of putting things, but it's definitely an interesting because um, everybody has their, everybody's different. you know, some people are um I'm in the apartment, so you know freshmen they live in the dorms, that's more of a social um setting. Well, when your room's like five square feet, and you're gonna wanna not you know exist in your room the whole time. you're gonna go out into this yeah you know, common areas. And interact with your, uh, your fellow friends. And you're a freshman, so chances are you didn't come to school with a bunch of friends. Um, I certainly didn't. I don't <laughs> know anybody, uh, anybody from instance who went to in my class who went to school west of Mississippi. Wow. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't really look where everybody went. I kind of have a general idea of where people went, but um, so uh, very few people, you know, kind of go in a room with their friends their freshman year. It's actually kind of discouraged because you want to meet new people. So freshman year is definitely meeting new people, but being returning students. Um, where Cal Poly is moving towards having returning students live on campus, requiring it for second years because it increases um, their grades and their graduation rate, sure. so since that's one of the initiatives of the, the whole CSU is to increase graduation rates. That's something that Cal Poly is looking at. So. Nationwide, it's uh, close yeah. to fifty percent, right? It's increasing. Yes, I believe CSU's a little bit above that mark. Good, uh, but
0: Matt, let me jump in. We got to take go a ahead. quick break. Okay. Uh, we, your, your father's and mom, the boss here. We got to take some commercials. Got to pay my college. Got to pay. Everybody. Your <laughs> college, so tune into the commercials here on WDLC WYNY Wall Radio and Pocono 96.7. This is Education Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We'll be right back. Welcome back everyone to education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving it's show number 28 my name is andrew murata host of the show we're going to get right back to it with my guest matt williamson he was a miniscent grad that took his talents to (laughs) cal poly out in california matt i love california i've been out there a couple of times what's it like living out there um it's definitely warmer yet chiller
2: uh, it's like what well, they say. Um, of course, the climate. I'm on the central coast, about halfway between San Francisco and LA. Okay. About 15 minutes from the beach. It's it's far enough that you don't go every day. You get to still go to class. You, know, you don't you skip class to go to the beach. But it's uh, it's close enough that you drive to the local In-N-Out and eat the In-N-Out on the beach. So that, that's how you actually have to get indoctrinated as a Californian you have to you know, go there. in get, get your double double, style, no pickles. That's my favorite order. Um, you take it to the beach and you know take a picture on Snapchat, and then then you are a Californian officially. Actually, I'm not sure if that's how it works. <laughs> I don't know how to how to declare in state residency. It's kind of hard.
0: <laughs> Matt, yeah, you know, today it's about 30 degrees and icy and rainy. You, you flew in on the red eye. You know, when you left, what was the what was the temperature and weather out there? It was
2: uh, high 70s, 80s, but it was a little cooler because the you know, fortunate the, the wildfire was going on. The fire, that's... the smoke from the Santa Barbara fire was uh, traveling up, so I kind of had a little cover on the, uh, uh, over the over San Luis Obispo, kind of like this weird orange tint because the smoke was like I don't know how light waves work. I, I took physics too and I forgot all of it, but the light was doing some weird stuff. The sun was red and it was crazy.
0: Yeah, and those are some of the worst wildfires they had.
2: Right, it's yeah. it's getting pretty crazy. Um, I think we're called it first state emergency.
0: Matt. What is a phrase or a something that they do out there that a New Yorker would be like, what the, you know, like when I went to North Carolina, someone ordered hush puppies and I started looking at their feet thinking they were talking about shoes. I, <laughs> I had never heard of that. What's something out in California, something they say or something they do that's totally like, what? So um, in California, we don't say yes.
2: We say no. Yeah. Which means, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you switch it, you say yeah, no. That's that's no. <laughs> but but if you add, and a yeah to that, you say yeah, no, yeah. That like emphasizes the the yes. Okay. I don't know what happens if it says yeah, no, yeah, no. That's just you know, confusing, you short the circuit. But uh, that's definitely something that uh, you know. It's not like, it's not like you, you understand what people are saying. Everybody says things differently. Uh, being in the Central Coast, you have a good split. Of, you know, people from uh, Northern California and Southern California. Uh, it's kind of funny. You can tell people f- who are from Southern California because it's sixty degrees and they're wearing a parka. But um, <laughs> there's definitely a good, there's a good diversity of uh, people just from the state of California. We only have like ten percent out of state. Not too many New Yorkers. I kind of looked around. I was like, I know there's just three who live in the uh, apartments out of like eleven 1, hundred students. So wow. Uh, but so do you get that a lot? Like, oh my God, you're from New York? No, I actually, I because I don't have the New York accent. Yeah. The only. I think only two times people were able to like listen to how I speak, and they're like, "You're not from here," and uh, I was like, "Yeah, it's uh, guess the word." Okay. You know what the word is? No. You know, you, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Love my Dunkin' Donuts, and I, you know, order my coffee, and they're like, because you know, the the uh, the A W instead said the O. It's like cost coffee that. Okay. That is how uh, some people catch on, but and then they now they notice, they make it repeat, and they're like, "Huh, you say it weird." <laughs> I guess that's the only, that's the, uh, I don't have New York accent, but that's what I got going for me. But it's definitely, um, people more, more laid back out there. Uh, it's definitely a little different. It's a little slower paced. Um, a lot of people wear sandals without socks. Um. Some people actually don't wear shoes at all, and it's barefoot, and you're just like, my freshman year, I was like, those people, did they like, lose their shoes or something? And they're just, that's what they do. Walking around campus. Right. It's actually kind of rubs off on me a little bit. If I'm just walking in between apartments, uh, I'll go outside. like oh, you, don't, you don't need to put shoes on or something, because need to put socks on. They need to put, need to put socks on. It's... And
0: Matthew, <laughs> you, you, you talked about you know possibly staying out there. Do you see yourself staying out there uh, for work uh, after you graduate? Yeah, so we'll get into that about being me being a
2: construction management major. So that's, you know, where a lot of the building is happening. Okay. So I do plan on staying out there. Although I did I did turn down an internship offer in New York City, so now I kinda now all of a sudden I'm like, no, New York City's pretty cool. I I don't know why I did that, but it's uh construction, we're in a position now, we're pretty blessed right now with the the market being like it is that
0: there's building going on everywhere. <laughs> so that major, Matthew, you know, I work at a, a school. Uh, we've had a number of construction projects over the past few summers, and it's been fascinating to watch the different teams of people. So, as a construction management major, like what is going to be your role? What What are you looking to do with that? Right. So, typically,
2: what um what a construction management major would do is we would go more into the project management route. We'd be doing the the accounting, getting the contracts for uh, for these construction projects. You know, sign, signing the contracts. And uh, just knowing, not exactly knowing how things are built, there's a a kind of split between being in the office, being in the field. But we're just, um, we're more in the office, um, just doing, just knowing our our production rates, hold our RS means close to our heart, our fancy textbooks and whatnot. Um, But the office is probably where I'll end up. That's the kind of brain I have is... Uh, kind of knowing my numbers. I'm a very number-oriented por- person. So kind of like knowing that myself kind of helped me pick. But then again, being in the field, that's kind of like the split um, office or field. Uh, going down the superintendent route, and we're not a superintendent at a at a high school. It's mm-hmm. a superintendent for uh, where you're kind of in charge of all the labor crews. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Usually that's typically, those are the people who came up through the field. They they started as a laborer, then became a labor foreman. They have their own crew, and then now they're in charge of all the crews. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're an assistant superintendent. They're... You know, just under the superintendent kind of sure
0: and you're you're not talking about like a, a house on the street. you're talking about like major like big buildings like right. in our meeting you talked about the the, the football stadium right like, the Rams. is there a project manager for that or is it the superintendent like who's in charge of that big project? Right so on a project that large you know talking about billions of
2: dollars, um, not only are there a lot of contractors on there a lot of scopes of work that um, are being done. There's probably two or three project managers on that, maybe four or five superintendents out there, just because the amount of work is insane. But uh, it's uh, going into like teamwork, the project manager and the superintendent have to work together. Um, It's often been said that it's kind of instilled in us that the best project manager is somebody who's been in the field enough, who maybe had a role as an assistant superintendent before they switched to the office side. It's kind of like knowing what the other person, what they look out for, what they're what their day-to-day looks like, kind of knowing what, what, how their decisions are influenced based on what's going on, kind of like knowing their perspective helps you on your side. Like, you can be a, a good project manager, never setting foot in the field, but you won't be a great one. You kind of have to have that perspective, have that experience, um, kind of look,
0: seek that out. So, Matt, what's more important, the knowledge about construction and that kind of stuff or your communication skills? Ooh, good
2: question. <laughs> Definitely need communication skills in construction. Um, But it's definitely a split. You want to know. Well, going in, a little background. I don't have much background in construction. I mean, like I mentioned, my parents own own the radio stations. And um, before that, grandfather worked on the Empire State Building. Back, backwards. Grandfather worked on the World Trade Center tying rebar. Great grandfather on my dad's side so worked uh, on the Empire State Building tying wow. rebar. So construction is in it's in the blood, it's but it the skipped jeans. a generation. My yeah. dad was oddball radio. What do you? Right? What? Okay. He's, build, he's building radio stations though. You know? There's some construction involved there, but yeah, um, that's like how I found my way to construction without even
0: knowing that. Um, but. What was the question, guys? Just- <laughs> so, what's more important? You have, you know, you have to ah, yes. know what you're okay. doing, but if you can't communicate it to your team, so what's more important: the skills in construction or communication? Right. Okay. Now I remember. Thank yeah. You. That's okay. Um, I would say, in
2: the beginning of your career, definitely into communication, um, and really what's emphasized is asking questions, because you're you're. Don't be a know-it-all. You don't know what's going on. You're not going to know a lot of things. Humans are the only species, like on Earth, that can have the ability to know. I don't know this, and can a- and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of it. So that's that's really something that's um, in our in our specific, in our major, in our department. That's um, you know, companies come in to recruit us. They tell us that like we we're looking for this you know, hardworking, good communicator. Ask questions. That's part of being good communicators. Listening, but also like if you're just nodding your head saying yeah. People are assuming. Okay, he knows what he's doing. Or he has, ask questions. So that's yeah. um, in early career again. Being like I said, being a good communicator. But then, probably as you transition into more of an executive role, communication skills still hugely important nowadays. Yeah. Especially today's generation, it's something that's kind of being lost. Um, I believe,
0: but with texting and email, it's and, definitely and, something
2: that's it's a changing environment. It's changing so quickly that sure. there's definitely a divide between your generation and my generation. You know, we're not that. Uh, not my how much in the age difference, but still, yeah, it's- no,
0: absolutely, I understand, <laughs> Matt. So you mentioned about uh, them coming in. So like you're going to be a senior next year. You're almost you're almost there. You know how are you going to transition from that senior? You know, do you expect to have a job that summer after graduation? Yes. Okay. Um, so Plugged how-
2: for construction management in Cal Poly, hundred percent job placement rate. Um, pretty insane. Just it's it, it's construction is cyclical market. So, if you go San Francisco, LA, even Seattle, I was just in Seattle last month, and I counted over twenty tower cranes, which gets me excited. I love seeing tower cranes. It's all construction. None around here, unfortunately, but that says we're not building the two hundred million dollar mid rises anywhere. But that's okay. Sure. And if you had
0: a magic wand, Matthew, which city would you, you know, would you land in? Ah, it's hard to predict. Um, so the thing that, I, if I were to
2: tell somebody. Doesn't matter if they're looking to go down a similar path or a completely different one. Is like, like you said, you you said that I know myself pretty well. Mm -hmm. I said debatable. Mm -hmm. I kind of mumbled that in there. I don't know if I heard (laughs) it, but that's because I kind of, I have a good idea of myself. But the brain doesn't uh, stop maturing until you're like twenty five years old. Sure, I'm still changing. I'm still maturing. I'm still learning so much, and it's crazy how it's like I maybe want something today, and it's I might change my mind in the future, but. I feel like I have a, a rough idea of the you know roadmap for where I want to end up. Yeah, like like my dad, I want to own my own business one day, not in radio, sorry dad, but <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe construction, company, maybe something related. But that's, that'll come further down the road. Um, but it's really like I can't pick where I want to end up. Like you'll see where the job dictates it. It's it's maybe the Bay, maybe San Francisco. That's I feel like those are more my people. I don't like traffic, being you know impatient New Yorker at heart. <laughs> so, LA is you know urban sprawl and traffic. But I don't know. I just, it's I kind of narrowed it down to California. Well, that's where most of the jobs are. So that's kind of been thankfully that decision's been made less uh, crazy yeah, in terms that- of like where I could end up. But thankfully I'm, we're in a position now where I I can. I can kind of pick where I went.
0: Matthew, we're up against a a commercial break, but before that, it is a a key part of the show. It's called the rapid fire portion. Let's do it. These are quick fire Mm -hmm. answers. First thought that comes to your head. Okay. A a word or phrase that they use on the West Coast that they don't use on the East Coast. Hella. (laughs) Adjective means very. The best things about your parents owning a radio station.
2: I get to be a guest on radio shows. There you go. <laughs> first time actually, but glad to be here. <laughs> Your best teacher at Cal Poly and why? Oh, fresh in my mind, uh professor named Dan Knight. He's he's a crazy man. he does like CrossFit and gets up early in the morning and has a Twitter. My first professor I've had who had a Twitter. Um just the way he made construction accounting the most interesting class, one of the most interesting classes I've taken. Um definitely um Interesting experience, interesting perspective. Quick answer. How did he make it interesting? He told us if uh, to roast him during class and on Twitter. Uh, okay. I did, twice. One, um, I don't think they were that funny, though.
0: One word to describe today's college student.
2: Ready. Not exactly prepared, but we're ready. We're ready to like change it. how things are done.
0: Where will you be in five years?
2: Location or otherwise? Said, Location no. to be determined... Ideally, um, on the way, hopefully i have my MBA. That's another goal I have. Um, but in a place where I'm happy. I want a dog in five years, too. Haven't had a dog.
0: I love dogs. Oh, my man, just Baxter, cats. L- listening at home. San Francisco or L.A.? Not where you're going to be. Which one do you just? one do you like better?
2: For baseball, L.A., but I feel like San Francisco, NorCal, my type of uh, personality fits a little bit better up there. San Francisco or San Diego? Ooh, <laughs> San Diego is a little nicer in terms of you can go to the beach more and warmer. I'll say San Diego.
0: Favorite star on the Walk of Fame.
2: True story. Uh, a month ago, uh, was right by the Walk of Fame. Didn't go there for the Walk of Fame. I was touring. I was doing a job walk on a uh, on an apartment uh, mid-rise that the company I'm actually going to be interning for this summer was building. So, I don't know. I'm
0: not too big into that. Bud Williamson. <laughs> Soon. Soon. That'll be exciting. That's right. After the after the ratings here on Education, <laughs> Leadership, and Beyond, put us on the map. Your New Year's resolution.
2: Clean my room. It's still a mess. I'm My brain, I, as you can probably tell by how this conversation has been going, I'm all over the place. Uh, <laughs> my room like that is very disorganized, but maybe try to have
0: some order in my room. Clean it. You start writing down those steps to do it. Matt, we got to take a break. We're on education, leadership and beyond surviving and thriving with today's guest, Matt Williamson. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to education, leadership and beyond surviving and thriving. My name is Andrew Morata, host of the show, and this is our write in portion of the show you can contact the show multiple ways, andrew at com, or on Twitter at andrewmarada21, or contact me through my website, com. Also on that website, I've talked about it before, The Principal, Surviving and Thriving. My book is on there. I'm a high school principal, and I wrote my first book this fall. It's been a great experience. And I appreciate all the listener feedback I've gotten and all the comments about the book uh, that people are enjoying it. So pick up your copy today, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. I believe it could make a great stocking stuffer. I think it'll fit. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Let's recap today's show. We talked about why not you? You've been training. Whether you've been doing your job a long time or you're just getting started out, whether that hobby uh, is something brand new or you've been uh, crafting a love of something for a long time, you started somewhere. Someone gave you a shot and you were a, a young, young man or woman like Matt. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He's uh, just getting ready to start his career in the next couple of years and somebody gave you a shot. But all of those years of training, all of those classes, all of the work were all deposits leading up to that moment when you were going to start that position and start that job, and you took that big withdrawal, and you were ready for it. We went over Sean McVay, who's the head coach of the LA Rams. He's 30 years old, did a great job in his first year. We talked about Lincoln Riley, only 33 years old. He's the head coach of Oklahoma football, They're in the playoffs coming up here in about a week. Uh, How these guys were young guys and made great uh, starts because they were ready. Forget their age. They were trained. They had uh, good experiences leading up to that point, and they made the best of that first opportunity because they relied on their experiences leading up to that point. That being said, let's get back to our guest. He's done a great job today, Matt Williamson. He's a college student at I said California Polytechnical University. Matt said, hey, man, we're in California. You could just say Cal Poly, dude. That's okay. <laughs> so we'll go with Cal Poly. i to be a fancy Cal
2: Poly Slow. Because
0: there's a Cal Poly Ooh. Pomona, but we don't talk about them. No, nah, we're the Cal Poly Slow group here. Matt, <laughs> uh, again, you're doing uh, great work in college. The write-in question for you uh, on today's program is, what do you know now that you wish you knew in high school?
2: You don't have to know what you want to do. Um, the big thing about college is you really do a lot of self-learning. So I guess college, you know, you're okay. I'm going to get this degree that will hopefully get me a job in this profession because they're teaching me about how to be prepared and prepare myself. You know, I'm like you're just talking about for that profession, for that job, for that for that shot, get that opportunity. But you really do a lot of learning about yourself, kind of learning how how you operate, how. How do you deal with a different environment? How do you adapt? How you learn so much about yourself. Some people, unfortunately, can't handle it. It's college is, well, it's kind of daunting sometimes. It's hard. It's definitely, it's an interesting experience. People tell you it's the best four years of your life, and you kind of realize that after you graduate. Um, <laughs> Not definitely as you're going through it, being close to that, I'm starting to have that feeling too, where it's like, all right, well, better enjoy it now because. Life is not adult, you know, adulting is a knocking. <laughs> so, um, you learn a lot by yourself, but also going into it, you don't, it's not like you have to have, you know, all your ducks in a row. You don't be, you don't have to be super prepared for, you can go in like Cal Poly, unfortunately, you can't do this. You can go in undeclared with your major. Um, you know, some people change their majors like five times. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's perfectly normal. So, like, if you're worried about that, it's going to cost some money because college, you know, you have to pay for it. But don't be worried. You gotta find, sometimes it takes a while to find what you're passionate at. Sometimes, you graduate with degree, and that's not what you end up doing later in life. Um, just know that there's a path that you're going to follow. It's not going to be straight. It's going to wind. It's going to go all over the place. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. You're going to have a fun life.
0: Dropping wisdom here <laughs> on uh, education, leadership, and beyond. Matt, I got about 30 seconds. Oh, Best God, advice for sophomores and juniors in high schools and their parents in terms of getting ready to pick that college. Okay. First, um,
2: first... You know, decision to make, do I want to go to college? You don't need to go to college. College is expensive. Student loans. Um, there's technical schools. You can be a plumber. Plumbers make a good living. They make a lot of money. You know, looking at the payroll for some construction projects I was on, I was like, oh my god, they're going to pay a lot more than the intern, mm-hmm. which was me. So, mm-hmm. first of all, you don't have to go to college. N- nowadays, you know, it's we can talk forever, we can have like five shows on this, how nowadays it's like, go to college, that's how, that's how you're going to be successful. That's the roadmap, is you have to go to college, you have to get that degree. Eh not true. I don't think so. Yeah, ask anybody, but you don't have to go to college. Ask you know ask people who don't have a college ed- education, they went to the school of hard knocks. They're still successful. Um, it's a different different way. You go on a different road, but you can still get to the same destination. Also, when you're looking for schools, do your research. I was lazy. I only applied to five schools. Um, definitely apply to schools. If you see, the, if they're at school, you're like, I don't know, I don't think, just apply. What's the worst that could happen? They say no, so it say so what? That reach they, school. they want me. They would have wanted, they, wait until they see what I'm going to do. Then they'll want me. They'll they'll be kicking themselves, you know, kind of use that to motivate you. Haters are your motivators. I don't say that often because I don't like to talk about the haters, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're bringing haters in. <laughs> okay.
2: but, However, you can give yourself confidence. You're like, going in, if you're, ner- like, you're just talking about, like, going into, like, a big moment if you're just, you're preparing. You just sometimes you just gotta give yourself that like instant dose of like way too much confidence. Have that ego. It's okay for a second. That's that's you know that's how some people operate. They need to say like I'm the best ever and <laughs> just go like my first day of being alright. You know I decided I'm like I'm not the most social person ever. Real quick like I'm like kind of an introvert. First day of being alright. I'm like wait a second. Why am I here? I'm an introvert. I want to go in my room. I don't want to say hi to like 50 people right now. But I'm like wait a second. <laughs> Cal Poly University Housing hired me because I'm going to be the best RA here, better than all 24 people on my staff, better than all 140, I don't even know how many, 144 like resident advisors, I'm going to be the best one. They're going to give me an award at the end of the year, kind of going in with that mindset. Um...
0: Gavin, he, he broke way through our 30-second warning here, but I'm he sorry. ended the show with a bang. A <laughs> lot of energy and enthusiasm. Matt, you did a great job. Uh, we wish you the best. Thank uh, you. Finishing up your junior year at Cal Poly. my Mustangs. Today's guest was Matt Williamson. We appreciate it. Matt we, uh, Matt, we always end the program with a quote, and here's a quote. We talked about communication earlier. Speak in such a way that others love to listen to you. Listen in such a way that others love to speak with you. And I adapted this from the Coaching and Leadership Journal from our friend Dan Spanauer. Speak in a way that others love to listen to you. Listen in such a way that others love to speak to you.
2: I'm going to write that down. Yeah, man. (laughs)
0: Actually, it's on my computer, so
2: print that out and put it on the wall.
0: That is all, everyone. Next week's guest is my brother-in-law. It's going to be a Christmas show, Ron Bentley. Ron is a police officer in New Canaan, Connecticut. He's a baseball coach, and he is a fantastic father, uh, brother-in-law, husband, and leader. Looking forward to having Ron Bentley on the show next week on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. That is all, everyone. Go out and change the world for the better.